everyone and welcome back. This is Stacy from the risk mitigation side of Leader Solutions and Decision Support. Uh, again, I'm here with Terry Peters. He's the founder and CEO of LSDS. And today our topic is one I'm pretty excited to hear more about. This is the, about the attuned leader. This topic kind of grew organically from our previous podcast for the Dynamic Leadership Series. It's the one right before this. And on retaining talent was our topic that time. Um, the attuned leader came up several times in that piece and how having leaders of that caliber within an organization who are nurturing a positive culture can have a huge impact. Uh, today, we wanted to explore what being an attuned leader means in practice for organizations and leaders who are interested in developing those skills in themselves and others as well. So, Terry, thank you for doing this. Um, I know we kind of popped off that last one leading into this one with uh, just good stuff from that um, and jumping right into this. What is an attuned leader? Stacy, thank you for having me uh, again on this podcast series. I, 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 I'm mindful that uh, you and I are turning into a, a tag team with these and, and I like it, right? I think it's good that, you know, we have the, the back and forth, you know, for everybody who's listening, you know, about five minutes before we actually hit record, uh, Stacy and I talk about any number of subjects and then we, we get into this like, hey, what makes you excited about this? So it's it's great to roll right in with that energy and then get, get to the question pieces. So uh, thanks, thanks again for doing it. Um, you know, when we talk about an attitude leader, you know, I, I, I think I... Uh, I thought about this as we went from closing out the last one to now, obviously, as I, as I prepared for this. And I, I didn't even realize until after I listened to the last recording that I had used it as often as I did in the last recording. And I thought about, you know, that, that term, attuned leader. And, and as I went into the notes for this and thought about it uh, with, with uh, you know, just the preparation for this, I think it's, you know, a combination of, you know, that person who is, you know, situationally aware, highly empathetic, emotionally intelligent, you know, paying attention to the details and really focused on the organizational goals and the people. And I think it's it's someone who is really, really giving their all uh, for both that organization and the people. That person who, who really is coming through the door every day and is thinking about, you know, what's going on around them, really being proactive in the way that they interact with people, the way they problem solve, and then also just looking for the signs and indicators that they need to apply themselves, right? And, and you know, years ago, I, I, I told someone, you really know that you're on it as a leader, if you can find yourself walking down the hallway or, you know, across a parking lot or wherever, and you see someone on your team, and as they're walking toward you, you, you think about them, you think about the last interactions you've had with them, you think about what they're working on, you think about the things that you owe them, right? what, you know, what, what do you need to deliver for them? And as the conversation picks up, you know, you're ready on all cylinders to be able to answer any questions or give an update or or whatever that is, right? And, and in my mind, that's a snapshot in time that gives you a clear example of someone who's really is focused in the moment, 
is really thinking about that person and also all those things that they're responsible for. And so I think as we talk about an attuned leader, we see, I think all of us see them every day. And we see people who are not quite as switched on as others. But when we see those ones who are really super focused in a good way, not OCD, drive you crazy kind of focus, but really focused in a good way, uh, they, that, that is what we're talking about when we say an attuned leader. I like that. that right, yeah, that helps paint that picture of what we're looking at here. Uh, so what are the ways that someone like that, an attuned leader's actions and behaviors impact people and the, the greater good of either their organization or just anyone around them, really? Gosh, Stacey, I think we can use you for an example here, right? Um, you know, when we think about, you know, when you think about your journey with our company, uh, you know, when we, when you first came on board, you know, one, we knew that you were, you were incredibly capable, but we didn't really figure out until, gosh, a little bit after you'd been here a little while, you know, how, how much of an impact you could make. And that was, that was us beginning to give you more responsibilities, you seeking those responsibilities. And then to watch you, right, everything that you've touched in the company, you know, you've made it better, right? And I think that's the piece of the clarity that you see, um, you know, as you go into something new, the way that you own and embrace not only the task or the mission or the project, the program, but also the people around you that, that have an impact on it. And then the way that you really work with them, the people involved, our clients to, to achieve the goals and objectives. So, you know, that, that attuned leader, if we use you as an example or any of the other many leaders that we get to see in this, in this great work that we do, you know, they really are um, building a team around them. Uh, they're empowering others. Uh, they're making the collective team better. Uh, and they're, they're, they're achieving the goals and objectives of the organization. And I think that's what's, you know, that's why it matters so much because, you know, we've all been in, in organizations where you're hoping for a little clarity that never comes, um, or you, you want to be just given a little bit more uh, empowerment to move forward, uh, and you're not sure exactly how to ask for it, or it, it's awkward to, to approach a leader. Uh, you know, those attuned leaders are really going to pay attention to that, and they're going to they're be able to respond proactively and say, hey, look, if you need a little more clarity, let me know. Or is this clear for you? Or, hey, in thinking about this, let me be clear what you're empowered to do. And, you know, it's okay to get out there and learn and evolve. And don't worry about, you know, if things don't go exactly right, don't worry about, you know, overthink the consequences. We'll work on it together, right? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's not only empowering, but it's building that insulation around those people on your team to let them grow and evolve in the process. You know, it's super humbling. Um, and I'm trying to turn it back around on you here, though, too, because how do you develop these skills in leaders? Yeah, so I, I want to talk about the best of environments we've been able to do uh, as we as we went through this process in the company. You know, in, in several instances, LSDS has been asked to build, you know, uh, experiential learning environments inside other organizations, right? And mm-hmm. and when we've done this in the past, we've we've really had some phenomenal success. And and the way that our construct for that has worked is to build an environment that is safe to learn, and as necessary, safe to fail, right? So think 
uh, leaders at any level, right? Whether they're emerging leaders or leaders that have some responsibility, or even people that are, are beginning to take beginning to take on or earmark to take on very large projects or programs. Um, you know, those are those are folks who we want to get into an environment where they're away from the turmoil of the day, but we want to give them real projects and problems to solve for their organization. And then, depending on what we're doing, think far beyond you know, breakouts and some of the stuff you do at summits or offsites, but no kidding, we want you to take a, a problem that your organization has and we want you to solve it. And we want to facilitate learning while you're solving it. So not only is it systems and processes that they have to learn and evolve and, and how to collaborate, but they also have to make decisions. They have to learn how to motivate people. They have to learn how to listen. They have to get feedback. And so when we're building this in, in the best of ways, you know, we change out the leaders with some consistency, usually every 24 hours or 36 hours. Um, there is an update. So we work on succession planning and, and consistency of the project. And then the magic happens as we change out leaders. We ask leaders to listen to the people that they've been responsible for for the last period of time. And what we ask those the teammates to say is, if this person's going to leave you again, how can they lead you more effectively? And and so now that that person who was responsible and has now left that leadership position can listen very intently to say, hey, look, when you, you know, for me, when you lead me and you just jump into something, I, I, I need context setting for me. It helps me understand, right? So we're teaching them through the process and they're learning what it takes to, to motivate each individual while they collectively achieve those greater good, the, the greater good of the organization, while they're also faced with real pressures of deadlines and, and expectations. And so after the second or third time that leader's in a position, they're much more comfortable. Uh, they're very open about what they're learning. Um, they're very vulnerable in that moment. And what we've seen is just super fast evolution of people in, in this responsibility space because we do make it safe to learn and safe to fail because things don't always go right and we allow that to work. So when, when we're given the, the magical opportunity of building you know, an academy style setting or a learning environment setting uh, for even just a few days, five working days, or in some cases a little bit longer of a two to three weeks or even, even longer in some cases, it gives us the ability to really get to know that person and really find those motivations and focus, but also really help them understand how can they be more attuned to the people around them and also uh, what ways they can use to, to just be a better version of themselves and, and make that a habit as they move forward. Very cool. Very cool. And it, so that had the kind of structured your their academy style setting that you mentioned. How have you seen organizations do this without a programmed course that has been built or that they would go to and attend? Yeah, terrific question, right? Because we know that many organizations are moving too fast to, to be able to pull people out. Although we, you know, we have an argument for that if that if anybody ever cares to, to, to challenge us on it. But <laughs> but you know, we have seen organizations, especially senior leaders, right? So you know, let, you know, you you're in an environment in an organization where, you know, over time you've been asked to lead much more and you realize that, gosh, there's a lot here that I need to evolve. I'm now responsible for teams of teams. Um, and even though I had successful behaviors and, 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 you know, my actions led to success in the past, I need to, I need to be a better, I need to lead better and I need to evolve. 
So what we found in, 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 in organizations and instances like that is, you know, one, if there is a, you know, whoever's senior and responsible really lets everyone know that, hey, we're going to embark on this learning environment. And I want to make sure that we're evolving and going through this process of getting better. So first is mindset, right? Mindset has to be in place of we are, we are going to allow ourselves to learn and evolve. Um, the next one is, you know, mentors, whether they're designated or informal, but the ability for a leader after the moment uh, to give, to get to, to receive feedback. And then also if they're just, you know, challenged by something, having a safe place they can go to talk about that with someone who is going to, in a very confident and, and confidential way, have a real dialogue with them about whatever they're unsure about. Um, and then, then the, this, this ability just to be able to share feedback and learn, right? Um, I think as we talk about, you know, building a safe to, safe to learn or even safe to fail environment, often it's, it, it takes the mindset of leaders to say, it's okay um, to, to be able to learn in this space. And then setting the conditions for experiential learning, right? Uh, I did something, uh, I made decisions, we move forward, whatever that is, and then allowing uh, the, the people around you to give you feedback and not doing anything with that feedback other than learning. Um, and I think this is the this is the challenge of many leaders, especially as you as you've been if you've been leading for a while, when someone gives you feedback that's not you know, you're, you're pretty and you're smart, right? That's my terminology. Um, sometimes if people don't tell you those things, you, uh, you know, you, you, you tend to have a reaction to that. And, and our, our point is, look, just, just absorb the feedback. Um, you know, if you're making the truth too painful, for example, and someone says, hey, look, I would tell you more, but often you have a reaction to it. I'm less likely to give you feedback because, you know, you really do overreact to it. The, the action there isn't overreact to that. It's, okay, give me a way in which I, you've seen me overreact and then tell me what would work for you, right? That's the difference in getting feedback and having a, an allergic reaction to it versus receiving the feedback, learning from it, and then beginning to reflect and evolve on that feedback. <laughs> that is huge. Having that space to be able to learn there and take that feedback is just, that's huge. I mean, you mentioned a couple times now the safe to learn, safe to fail environment. With all of the pressure to produce, how does an organization create this kind of environment as part of their culture without losing that competitive edge in business? Yeah, when you say safe to fail environment while you're also working on deadlines, somewhere in the audience of listeners, somebody's rolling their eyes right now going, you live in a fantasy world, right? It, it can't happen. And I'll tell you that it can, right? Because safe to fail and, and safe to learn isn't reckless. It isn't do stupid things and think that's okay. That's, that's not what we're talking about, right? It's, it's hey, I've got an idea um, or we need to do something. Let's run an experiment with parameters, with a control group, like you would any other experiment. And we're going to learn from it. Um, Stacey, I want you to take on research and development for LSDS, right? It's a, it's a program that has moved forward. Um, it is something that's going to take uh, your touch to make it grow and evolve. Uh, and, you know, depending on what you do on our risk mitigation side, you're going to save lives if, if with the things that you're bringing to bear there, right? Big deal. Um, 
okay, well, how much money do I have to try new things? Tell me what you want to try, and then we'll invest in that. And if it works and something we can adopt, we'll do it. And if not, uh, then we'll learn from it and continue to evolve, right? That's a safe to learn, safe to fail environment. With regular check-ins, uh, if, if an organization's out there and they're tracking KPIs, you know, if someone's doing something that's beginning to affect those, it isn't let those KPIs stall or turn down. It's just simply note it, have a discussion about it, be mindful of the consequences, manage the decisions and manage the risk. But don't do that, you know, with a single person who's who's learning uh, completely responsible for all of the outcomes and intended consequences. You know, that's where building that trusted leader interaction who can say, hey, how are you doing? How comfortable are you? Tell me what you're achieving. Tell me, you know, here's what we see from from the chairs we sit in. Uh, here's what we're worried about. It takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of trust. And it also takes uh, an understanding of what is okay to experiment with and what's not okay to experiment with uh, and, and allow that to work. And then, and then if you put a mentor around them and some coaches with the right mindset, they're going to learn and evolve. It's not, it's not one of those things where, hey, Stacy went to one meeting, we gave her some feedback, so that's a safe to learn environment, so we must be doing okay. No, it's an entire mindset and it's, entire, it's part of the entire cultural uh, build around around learning and evolving. Um, and I think that's the way that you go at it. And we've seen a lot of organizations who do this incredibly well. And usually there's a very comfortable leader who's willing to accept some 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 impacts of, of people making decisions, but is also that person who's willing to sit with someone and say, hey, look, this didn't go as we planned. Um, let's talk about what we would do differently in the future. And let's make adjustments so that as we're learning and evolving, we're getting better all of the time. And any piece of technology you have in your hands th these days or you see in front of you, it, is, it has been built on an environment that is safe to learn, safe to evolve for the most part, um, even though there may be consequences, allowing you know, the process and, and the technology to evolve means that it's getting better all the time. And there are things that we don't adopt with anything we're building as well as there are things that we do. And that's that process of building an environment where people can learn and grow. And it takes a lot. It takes an entire organization to be able to do that. Uh, or it takes a leader who's willing to maybe uh, swim against the current a little bit uh, to build, let their team do it and, and uh, serve as a little bit of a buffer from uh, and maybe an over-demanding environment around them. But yeah, it, 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 is, it can be done. And we see it a lot in the organizations we work with. But it, it does take a, a lot of attention and a lot of focus and leaders who are willing to provide a little insulation around those people who are uh, learning how to evolve or are allowed to maybe fail at something. And, and it isn't, uh, you know, a one failure equals, uh, you know, total, total impact of, uh, of a career. I like that so much. And I do have something I want to add at the very end here. But there's another question that just popped up to that kind of leads right off of what you're saying there. Are there any common pitfalls that you've seen to achieving, nurturing this kind of environment, those attuned leaders that uh, people should be aware of? Yeah, I, I've seen the seen the big lie, right? Uh, the big lie is uh, Terry, the CEO, says, hey, uh, I, I, I want to allow people to learn and fail. Um, and really, you know, we're going to grow and evolve through uh, you know, through this process, right? Um, 
so that works well uh, if it's something small, uh, but then we have a, a pretty large issue that occurs because someone failed at something. They learned and failed, and, and it was a, you know, a, a, an honest mistake. Uh, then because it reaches a certain threshold of dollar impact or something, with the best of intention, Terry now has an allergic reaction, and now people begin to, you know, have a career impact or get fired or whatever. Right? There's some 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 other reaction, and and what that means is, you know, what you're saying and what you're doing are two different things. Like if it's it's super low, or if it you know it doesn't really have an impact or it's kind of artificial, yeah, it's safe to fail in that environment. But when it has a real impact, um, you know, you're you're not okay. And if you're listening to this and you're going to say, well, gosh, should you not have a reaction to that? The answer is absolutely you should have a reaction to that. Um, it should be a learning reaction and it should also be the, do the analysis of, okay, what should have been done prior so that these failings were much more manageable and, and what, could, what information could have been shared earlier so that we didn't run into this level of an issue. So um, it's got to be, it's, it's got to be the right environment and also be true to that decision of we are going to build this safe to learn environment. The next one is if, you know, leaders are out there seeking feedback and this happens when there's multiple echelons in an organization. Uh, so Stacy's working on a project. Um, Terry, who's got a job, a couple echelons above that goes to see Stacy. Stacy gives some feedback. Then I take that information into a meeting of leaders between Stacy and Terry and I say, hey, I learned from Stacy this thing is happening, and this is pretty exciting stuff. Um, and you know, I, I coached her through this thing uh, that she's working on. And then the leader in between us has an allergic reaction and tells you, hey, if Terry comes around, don't talk to him about these things. It's embarrassing to me if he's t- telling me something I didn't know. Um, if those types of goaltending occurs, it defeats the goodness of open communication. It defeats the goodness of group learning or individual learning uh, versus the entire leadership team being on board with this, what you find sometimes is intermediate level leaders are worried about how it looks uh, or what they perceive as, you know, some slight when it's not that way at all. It's just a group of leaders who are communicating. So if all leaders aren't aligned uh, and the true understanding of what safe to learn and safe to fail really is, it's going to be short-lived in your organization for sure. That is awesome. I have, you know, I really appreciate that. And I just, I wanted to add a couple of things at the end here. So I feel like at LSPS, we definitely have that culture of safe to learn, safe to fail, as you've mentioned a couple of times in examples here and how, from my point of view, how hugely empowering that is and how it's allowed me to grow as a leader too. And I don't ever feel limited there, but rather, encouraged and nurtured in that area so that's been fantastic and it wants you want to stay in an environment like that um absolutely because it, it feels like you have no limits <laughs> so yeah it's a really fun place to be you're like be successful of course you're gonna everything like is like that trial and error this worked this could be better um and kind of the feedback too along the same lines is huge and i hear so many people desiring that and I think there's almost an art to feedback where yeah. learning how to give it, where it's delivered in a manner that's constructive. I mean, sure, you might have things that could be triggering, but still need to be brought up so that they can be 
addressed. Otherwise, if they never are, like, that's not going to help. So I think the art of feedback, too, is something I've learned from being around the company here as well, and how to take feedback and do what to do with it, and then how to give it, too. And the importance of that has been... Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so it's... That's been, those are my two things where coming off of this, like it's been phenomenal to grow in those two areas and it continue to grow with. Yeah, I agree. agree. You know, what we, what we tried to do here, and again, we're a, even though we're an organization that works in the, in the space of helping others, you know, we're not immune to having our own challenges, right? I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. they're humans involved. So you're going to, you're going to. People are going to make mistakes. You're going to, you know, you're, you're going to win some and lose some, uh, but it is the reality of it all. And I think, you know, the people who have thrived here are the people who really want to own something and want to, to really make a difference. And, and, you know, where we have had challenges are when, you know, we communication fails uh, or people say they want to own something, but really don't, they, you know, they want to, you know, they want a cool title versus really look, I want to, I want to own this and I want to make it my own and I want to communicate as I'm making it my own, what my intentions are and where I want to take this thing, whether it's a program or project or what have you. And that's what we've really found, our, you know, the best ways by which we, we've made this work. But I think you're right. I think this, this ability to learn how to give feedback and then also to separate emotions and feedback observations and opinions separate the two uh you know it's it's extremely important when we when we work with senior executive teams i people are always telling me hey you sure do write a lot of notes in your notebook i do i try to capture as much of the of everything around me as possible and i'll say you know can you give us feedback and i'll ask right usually it's a it's a smile moment when someone will say when i ask do you want my observations or do you want my opinion and they'll ask what's the difference i said you know observations are you know, just simply what happened. You know, every meeting you have with Terry, Terry's running 15 minutes late. That's an observation, right? Well, what's what's your opinion? If, if we were to ask your opinion of that same observation, what is it? My opinion is you may you may choose to give Terry some feedback on we're all waiting for him for 15 minutes, and that's not okay. That's not the organization we're building. That's the difference. Um, and you could say, well, that that's also a recommendation for you know what you can you know, what you can make to the organization. Absolutely. Um, but in this instance, isolated, that's the difference in the two. So I think this ability to give feedback is extremely important. And, and, and we often, whenever we run into organizations that are really just, the tensions are very high. There's a lot of friction moments. There's, you know, there's leaders just aren't aligned. Often emotions and feedback have drifted into each other. Uh, and you get the, the, the add-on to feedback that now turns it into a combative edge. And that's when leaders will begin to turn away from each other and often won't find common ground, won't compromise, and won't work with each other. And that means that you've lost the ability to, to really create this safe-to-learn environment, safe-to-grow and evolve, and, and, and people are at odds with each other. And it makes for some tense moments at senior-level meetings when people just, you know, it, sometimes it'll remind you of like, middle school right i'm not talking to stacy today because she made me mad yesterday <laughs> right and and right. so it's it's one of those where you're like okay and i think one of the magical parts about being here is one everybody in the equation is mature and and everyone is truly 
uh, very honest with themselves about the things they're good at and very honest with themselves about the things they're not very good at. And the team helps uh, with those areas of focus. So I, I think, you know, I, I think it's great to be able to help other organizations. And of course, we also get better because we learn so much from all the organizations we work with. But this is really good, Stacey. Thank you for for uh, for leading this and, and everything else you do for us. I'm grateful. Absolutely. Thank you for doing this. I know we kind of just went on after the last one. Um, it felt like such an important part of that, though, uh, with retaining talent, how important it was to clearly identify these attuned leaders. And I feel like this topic, diving into it today, really helped with that some more. Anything else you have for today? We're about to wrap it up here. No, Stacy, thanks. It was it was great to be here, and I, I really appreciate the, you uh, you know helping out with two of these in a row. And I think uh, you know as we get these out, I'm I'm curious to hear people's feedback on this, and 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 also learn some of the other great things that organizations are doing out there. Right? I, you know, this is these these uh, podcasts often prompt some real feedback to us, uh, whether they send an email. Uh, to the company or send me an email, you know, terry at lsds.us or just reach out through the website. Uh, and I think that's a, it, it's just an awesome opportunity for, uh, you know, for everybody to give us some thoughts on this and, and also hopefully take something away that, that benefits them in some small way. That's awesome. So yeah, we're always looking for uh, feedback from everyone. If you have any topics that you care about, feel free to send us that too. We'd love to dive into these things. So thanks so much, Terry, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Stacey. Mm-hmm.